Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Sunday service here at Ananda Village. And we want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day, whether you are a mother or a woman or young or old, the Divine Mother dwells in each one of us. And let this day be a celebration of the qualities that she brings, kindness, compassion, unconditional love, forgiveness. These qualities are so needed in the world now. And so let us celebrate Divine Mother's presence within each one of us. So we'll begin our service talk by first reading from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda. Our topic is The Secret of Right Action. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. One of the most famous stories in the Gospels is that of Martha and Mary. Jesus, visiting the home of Martha, was teaching while her sister Mary sat at his feet, absorbing his divine love and wisdom. Martha, meanwhile, busied herself with serving her guests and was upset with Mary for not helping her. Lord, she cried, doesn't it matter to you that my sister has left me to do all this serving alone? Please ask her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered, Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This story is classic, for Martha's complaint is very understandable and not, on the surface of it, spiritually wrong. Jesus may well have told Mary to get up and help her. We don't really know that he didn't, consider it as he was always of others' needs. But the teaching here doesn't concern the obvious dilemma of devotees, to work for God or to spend all one's time in prayer. It concerns, rather, the attitude of mind. Jesus didn't tell Martha, Martha, you are doing too much. He told her, rather, you are letting your work affect your inner peace. That was the contrast. Not work versus contemplation, but restless preoccupation versus peaceful absorption under all circumstances. As it says in the Bhagavad Gita, the second chapter, actions performed under the influence of desire are greatly inferior to those which are guided by wisdom. Happiness eludes people when they act from self-interest. Seek shelter, therefore, in the equanimity of wisdom. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. 
Good morning, friends. It's a beautiful spring day here. I hope it's beautiful where you are. And if it isn't, it can always be beautiful inside. So let us now read from Whispers from Eternity. These are beautiful prayer demands that Yogananda wrote to show us the right attitude in so many different aspects of life. I'm going to read this morning. Teach me to consider no work more important than thy work. O Spirit, as no work is possible without borrowing from thee the power to perform it, so teach us to consider no work greater than thy spiritual work. Teach us to feel that since no duty is possible without thee, so no duty is more important than our duty to thee. And teach us to love thee above everything, for we cannot live or love anything or anybody without thy life, thy love. Isn't that a beautiful thought? So this story of Martha and Mary, as Swamiji said, it's one of the most well-known stories in all of the Gita, I mean, all of the uh, gospel, the Bible. And let me give a little background with Martha and Mary. They were sisters, and they had a brother, and they had a house a little less than two miles from Jerusalem, and it was on one of the main roads. They were disciples of Jesus, and uh, John in his gospel said that all three of them, the brother and the two sisters, were loved by Jesus. And so he and his group would stop there as they were coming to Jerusalem. We don't know how many times, but the, the scriptures talk about three different times that he stopped at their home. And I'll tell you about those. The first time in the scriptures that they talk about is this incident that we have heard. They stopped there. They were having a meal, obviously. Um, Martha was probably the older sister. It certainly seems that way. And she was preparing the meal. And Mary, her sister, younger sister, was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his discourse. And Martha, now this is a little cheeky, if you ask me. Imagine if Master were coming and visiting you, and were sitting there with a small group of people, and your sister was sitting, uh, listening to what he was saying, and you came out and said, Master, don't you care about me? Tell her to come in and help me with my work in the kitchen. That seems a little cheeky. I don't think I would say that to Master. Kind of, you know, call him up on, on his inattention to me. But Mary, I mean, Martha did. And Jesus, with this classic reply, said, Oh, Martha, Martha. You're so worried and preoccupied by so many things. You know, uh, Mary, he didn't say Mary has chosen the better way. It's very important to understand. He said Mary has chosen the only right way. She is keeping her attention on me, on me representing Christ consciousness or, or God. 
And he didn't, as Swami so clearly points out, he didn't call a difference between service and attention or listening. He called the difference between whether you're attentive to consciousness of God, whether meditating or serving, whether you're attentive to that, or whether you're preoccupied. And so this becomes really one of the most important teachings of the Bible because we're all disciples. We're all loved. Those, especially those who have chosen to love God, as it will say in the festival when we read it, that God chooses those who choose him. So the chosen people of Israel were those who chose God. And we all consciously in our lives have chosen God. So we're all the kind of disciples that Jesus was teaching. Jesus came a second time. Uh, This is probably even a more famous story in the Bible. So the brother of Mary and Martha was taken ill. And so Martha sent word to Jesus and asked him to come because they had faith that Jesus could heal her brother of this illness. And so she sent word to Jesus to come and heal him. And Jesus delayed his coming. In fact, he delayed it purposely. And when he arrived, Martha went out to meet him because she heard that he was coming. She went out to meet him. And she said, why have you delayed your coming? Now my brother Lazarus is dead. And you can't heal him anymore. And here again, Jesus uh, was giving her a teaching. And, and there was the belief in the resurrection, which Master said is the uh, understanding that when we leave this body, we're resurrected into another body. We don't ever lose life. The life force, the consciousness, the soul simply changes bodies. And so Martha believed in resurrection, but the belief was that it came after, you know, after you left the body. And Jesus was going to teach everyone a lesson. That's why he delayed. And he said, I am the resurrection meaning I, the Christ consciousness, in the resurrection of the body. Because when your soul is united to me, there is, of course, no death. And so you don't have to wait until you die and then obtain another body to be resurrected. You just put your consciousness in me. And so then he went to the tomb and raised Lazarus from the dead. And, of course, that was one of the most famous stories Uh, uh, of the scriptures and that got him in big trouble with the authorities in Jerusalem remember he was only a couple of miles away from Jerusalem when he did that and the authorities which represent the consciousness of um, of the uh, worldly consciousness within us they, they definitely did not like Jesus performing these miracles right there on his doorstep. Long as he was farther away, it, it, they kind of turned a blind eye. But they, they really were preparing to stone him to death now. So he withdrew to the wilderness for 
some period of time, a few months, couple of months or so. Then the third time he stopped at Mary and Martha's and Lazarus's home was just before the Passover. And so he came there and we all know the story of the last week of his life, but you know, Palm Sunday that we celebrate was his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Well, where did he enter from? He entered from their house. He was staying with Martha and Mary. And it was at that time that the story took place of Mary rubbing his feet with this costly ointment and then uh, cleaning the, his feet with her hair. And Judas um, complained. He was about to betray Christ. He complained that why are, are, are you using this costly ointment to rub his feet? It should be sold and the money given to the poor. And as it's pointed out in the scripture, he wasn't interested in giving any money to the poor. He held the purse for the group and he was interested in the money for himself or for in, in at least for power for their group. And of course, he betrayed Christ a day or two later uh, for money. So those are the, that's the backstory of Martha and Mary and Lazarus and the house that they lived in and the discipleship to Jesus. Now, what is the house that Jesus stopped at? What is the house that the Christ consciousness stops at? It's the house of our mind. And so this story of Martha and Mary is one of the most important teachings that we have for ourselves because it is in our own mind that Martha and Mary exist. And in fact, we have to have both Martha and Mary. We don't have to have Martha's uh, misunderstanding, but we have to have the active and the, and the uh, contemplative aspect of ourself. I want to read what Master has to say about this because it's so clear and so well put. Martha, you are careful about material things and material duties. You are worried and your mind is scattered, thinking of many things. But all you need is to carefully do your one highest spiritual duty to God by thinking of him all the time during the performance of your various material duties. Mary has chosen that good part of thinking of God alone and cultivating her love for God through the inspiration of my words and wisdom. Thus her desire to listen to me in preference to the distracting material duties of the world shall be granted to her. Everyone should be able to play the roles of Martha and Mary alternately in order to reach perfection. Any truth seeker, whether living in a family or a hermitage, should be able to express the dual nature of Martha and Mary, doing material duties with the thought of God or doing the spiritual duty of meditating on God alone without being distracted by material duties of the situation called for. No member of the family or hermitage by pretending to meditate should neglect material duties 
as no member should disturb another spiritual member of the family or hermitage when that individual is really engrossed in God. So understanding that these two natures of Martha and Mary both coexist in our consciousness, we have to work on the right way. You know, Master helped us understand the scripture by uh, all scriptures, but he did it most clearly in his explanation of the Bhagavad Gita, that all scripture exists on multiple levels. So the outer story of Martha and Mary and cooking the meal and sitting at Jesus's feet and the complaining, that exists and very probably it is a true historical event that happened more or less that way. You can certainly understand that this would, would be the kind of uh, scene. It's a part of the reason it's so famous is because it's, it's very understandable to people. You know, an important guest comes and you're busy cooking the meal and your sister won't help you and you go and complain. Well, of course, that's a very understandable attitude. It's a wrong attitude, but it's a very understandable attitude because most people have that. Why? Because most people, like Martha at that time, are thinking about themselves. That's why Swami paired that reading with the reading from the Gita saying any action done with desire, basically desire for your own happiness, your own welfare, any action done that way is doomed to failure. It cannot lead you to happiness because happiness comes from getting out of yourself, not from getting into yourself and being careful and preoccupied with many things. So on the level of... Uh, historical event, it's understandable. But now let's do as Master did with the Gita, talk about this in relationship to meditation. Because he said the battle of Kurukshetra was inside us and ultimately it is inside our spine, the astral energy in the spine. And so let's talk for a bit about Martha element consciousness and the Mary consciousness within each of us. So imagine now, so here in the scripture, in the Bible, we only hear of three times that Jesus stopped at that house. So now imagine we're meditating and the Christ consciousness comes. So we, we get really into an uplifted, very interiorized Christ consciousness, very interiorized state. Maybe we're completely focused at the spiritual eye. Maybe our heart is completely open with devotion and we're just sitting, looking upward, our, our energy offered up to the Christ consciousness or the light or the guru of the spiritual eye. We're completely engrossed. And while we're completely engrossed in that, the Martha part of our mind says, Mary, you, you meditating person, get away from that. 
I'm busy. I've got things on my mind. I've got meals to prepare. I've got business to do. I've got stocks and bonds to think about. I've got, and so the Martha part is trying to pull the devotee part of our own self, the Mary part, away from being engrossed in Christ consciousness. And that's why Jesus didn't say, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the better way. He said, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the only right way, the only thing that's important. But he didn't say, Martha, Martha, you're wrong for serving. He said, you're wrong for your attitude. Because as Master said, that serving part of us also has its time in our lives. And if we don't serve, if we aren't active, if we don't be a kind of a force for good in the world, we aren't going to find God either. Um, we have had in the history of Ananda some people who spent long hours in meditation. Some of them we left alone because as Master said here, if someone is engrossed in the divine, then you need to allow them to have that space. But we have had other people who were very, very selfish meditators. We had one young man in the very early years of the community who meditated six or eight hours a day, and he did that for months and months. But nobody felt inspired by him because he would come out of meditation and he was haughty. He refused to do any kind of work. He refused to pay his dues. And eventually we ended up having to ask him to leave because there's meditation and there's meditation and there's service and there's service. And the real lesson here is not to choose one or the other. The real lesson here is that no matter whether you're meditating and absorbed inwardly on the Christ consciousness or whether acting, you should also in your action be absorbed on service of God, on thinking of God. As Master said in his beautiful poem, no matter where I go, the spotlight of my mind ever keeps turning on thee. And in the battle din of activity, my silent war cry will be God, God, God. So the great ones are not saying to us, don't serve, don't be active, don't, don't do things. Of course we have to. The great ones are saying to us, whether you're meditating or serving, keep your mind directed toward me. And if we do that, then our consciousness will rise through both of those elements. But there are devotees who, I don't know, make a mistake in thinking that service is a way of life that is just as valid as meditation. The difficulty with that, if, if, if service is done, absolutely your mind is completely absorbed in God as you're serving, then 
the difference between meditation and service is basically nothing. There is no real difference. It's that in service, our minds generally are not absorbed in God. In activity, our minds are absorbed in the activity, not in the consciousness of God that lies behind that activity. But if you can do the activity, really understanding that it is only God that you're serving and that there isn't any you to serve because God is playing you serving as well as the people that you're doing the service for. God is playing all of the roles. And just now I'm acting in the role of God being active. And later tonight or in the tomorrow morning, I'll play the role of God being absorbed in the light of God. But it's all God. It's everything is God. But it's that consciousness that these great masters are trying to help us rise to. And Christ, Jesus, in his role as Mary and Martha's teachings, had to bring her up short because she was a true disciple and she was loved by Jesus. But her attitude was wrong. And so he had, in his role as her guru, to correct her attitude. But he didn't reject her. He still came two more times, stayed with him every time he came in the area, it seems. Um, so it wasn't a rejection of her. It was the wrong attitude, which is another important teaching here, is that God never, ever, ever rejects us. He never pushes us away. But he will sometimes correct our wrong attitude. That's the role of the guru. That's the role of the teacher, is to help the disciple, the sincere disciple especially, to help the sincere disciple understand where I'm maybe going astray a little bit. Sri Yukteswar, whose birthday it is, is now on... Uh, or was at the time of the writing of, of um, the autobiography of a yogi, after his passing, he went to the high astral world of Hiranyaloka. And his job was always that of the teacher. And he said that on that high astral planet, even a tiny, tiny little thought that was out of tune with the universal consciousness caused great pain to the residents of that astral plane. So even a, as, as we progress, even a little thought of being out of tune with God creates a real sense of pain within us. And so what we just need to do is keep our house clean awaiting the coming of Christ consciousness into our house to do our duty, but do our duty thinking of God. And when, especially in meditation, when that high state comes, then become absorbed in that high state. Be a Mary sitting at the feet of the light of your higher consciousness absorbing that and in that high state 
Don't allow that Martha part of your mind that worries and is thinking of all the things that you have to do. I'm sure you've experienced it in meditation. I've experienced it, I would have to say, in virtually every meditation. You're trying to do Kriya, you're trying to do Hong Sa, your mind all of a sudden is pulled away into these things that, that you're, you're thinking about, you're anxious about, or you have to do. Martha, Martha, devotee, devotee, you're careful and worried, care-filled and worried about many things. Don't be preoccupied when you're in a high state of consciousness. Don't allow your mind to be pulled away. And in fact, the more you open your heart to the Christ consciousness that is within all of us, the more often he will stop in your home and you can be absorbed at his feet. God bless you. All your children, mother, call you. Knowing not it's you they call. Some through mists of their unknowing, bruised and hurting when they fall. Turn away, but who can leave you? If the child forgets its mother, will she coldly turn away? Wise or foolish, will your children guide us, mother, if we Whose hearts are torn with anguish, lack the power your name to call. Heal their wounds, mom, soothe their sorrows. You, the mother of us all. So